Welcome to the Field Notes Podcast, where we talk about all things happening with Esri Field Operations. My name is Demaya. And my name is Josh, and we're product writers on the Esri Field Apps team. Hello, and welcome to the last episode of season one of the Field Notes Podcast. It's crazy that we're here. I know for me, when we first started planning this podcast in early um, January of this year I think we both like hoped that something would come out of it that we would have like a finished product but now that we're at the end of it it's really crazy to think about how much we've done over one year of kind of planning a podcast podcast um, completely from scratch and then having it in product of a season one being fully completed it's really crazy to think about yeah it's pretty wild I feel like when we started this our idea was just let's start a podcast. And yeah. <laughs> we didn't really know what that was going to look like, what it was going exactly. to be. We started planning in January. We had our first episode in June and now we are on our seventh and last episode of season one. So we've definitely grown a lot. I feel like we've learned what works, what doesn't work. And I think this is going to be a good opportunity for us to just kind of reflect on the past season and get excited about what's to come for season two. And I think before we start, I will talk about this at the end of the episode, but we are going to open up a survey to everyone who is a listener of Field Notes, where you can tell us uh, what you liked about season one, or maybe what you didn't like. We're open to all feedback, and then also anything you'd like to hear about on season two, because we have some cool and exciting ideas, but um, more than anything, I think we just want to talk about what um, you all are interested in listening to and learning about. Yeah, because this is a podcast where we want the voices of our users to be put out there. So any feedback that you all have is greatly appreciated from us so we can incorporate it into all of our episodes. And really quick, before we start, I was looking at our metrics before uh, we started recording this to Maya, yeah. and I saw that Field Notes has listeners from 61 countries. That's incredible. <laughs> Our little tiny podcast is global. I, I It's wild. <laughs> so yeah, we'll probably repeat this a few different times throughout the episode, but thank you to everyone who yes. has listened to all or one or some of our podcast episodes. Um, it really is awesome that you've kind of stuck around with us uh, exactly. through now. Exactly. But like Josh said, we really wanted to use this episode as a reflection on everything that we've kind of talked about um, and everyone that we've talked with over this first season and kind of look back 2021 Field Notes stuff. So we can just jump right in. Yeah, that sounds good. I think we identified one major theme throughout this season as we were talking to internal um, Esri employees, our colleagues, and as we were talking to, you know, Scott as a customer. And at the end of the day, we boiled it down to one line, and that is everyone is a mobile worker. And I believe Scott Ottman is the one who coined that in our yeah. solutions episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think before we maybe we dig into uh, what that theme is and how we saw uh, it play out throughout our episodes. Maybe if you're just listening or you've heard us say mobile worker before, and that term isn't maybe just, uh, maybe that's just Esri jargon. Um, it's the term we use to describe people who are in the field collecting data. So in our case, using Esri field apps to go out and do, I think what Scott called the real work. <laughs> and so you're using your maps forms in the field. And what's awesome about that, and we'll talk about this more as we reflect on our episodes, is the data that is provided by people who are actually in the field by the mobile worker is that firsthand observation or inspection, whether that's asset management, looking at hydrant inspections, responding to emergencies such as storms, 
um, or even you know the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, or if it's as something as everyday as just citizen engagement. If you see a problem in your community, you pull out your mobile device and you can fill something out. Um, so all of those encompass kind of what it is to be a quote mobile worker, just as we're using that term yeah. throughout the episode. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, like you said, mobile worker can be very general. I think the way I think about it is that we live in a very digital world, a highly digital world, um, and it's becoming more digitally um, influenced every single day. A huge number of people have mobile devices. Um, that number is continuously growing. Um, and we use our mobile devices in our daily lives. And so in terms of GIS, because we have access, easy access to these mobile applications and things like that, we're more able to like easily kind of take on the work of doing things that are out in the field and out in our environment and that are helped to make change. Absolutely. And I came with the statistics this episode. Yes, my, I came prepared. Uh, Pew <laughs> <has> Research <laughs> released a report, I want to say this year or last year, that said, at least in America, 97% of our population has a cell phone of some kind. And the share of Americans that own a smartphone is 85%. Uh, which is pretty wild. We talked to yeah. Jeff Shaner in the first episode where he mentioned that the release of the iPhone in 2007 really kind of began this revolution where you have these tools, these apps, this GIS technology at your disposal if you have a smartphone and you have mm -hmm. the proper resources to connect you to that service. And I think as time goes on and more and more people get access to these devices, you're going to see that trend increase even more. Um, and I think that really bodes well for mobile GIS because I think in a lot of our um, conversations with different people, we saw that through users using these apps and giving their feedback and then relating that feedback back to us, we're able to create apps and technology that is increasingly more useful, more efficient, and better for people to use. So I think there's going to be that continuous evolution in people using mobile devices and mobile apps, but also in the development of that technology to make it better. Definitely. And I think even if you're listening right now, and maybe you haven't used an Esri field app, field map, survey one, two, three, quick capture, I think there are probably apps that you have used that have used uh, geographic technology in some way to, to report these. So I, the first thing that comes to my mind is the app Waze, right? Yes. It's yeah. a navigation app and you see this kind of public sharing of, of data, like, oh, there's an obstacle in the road. Let me report that. Or, you know, there's a, a speed trap right here. I'm going to report that. And you kind of create this living, breathing yeah. data set. Yeah, I think it can be also something as simple as like just sharing your location with someone, like you're out partying, yeah. you want to like tell your parents where you are. Um, so it, just simple ways like that, you see GIS and, um, and spatial technology being used um, in our lives, just common day stuff. And that's, I feel like Marika talked about that yes. too, you know, everything can be put on a map, location awareness, spatial awareness is, is everything. I mean, you heard Jeff talk about what you were saying, where he finds comfort in being able to know where his kids are yes, exactly. um, and, and, you know, using the, the find my friends technology of iOS. Um, so yeah, definitely being able to know where your assets are, including your most important yeah. assets, your friends and family, right. Um, yeah. Is a huge thing. And that's yeah. all wrapped into this these concepts and ideas. Yeah. And speaking of Jeff and Marika, like you said, I think from those two episodes, it's really great that we had them as our first two episodes of the podcast, because I think for both our listeners and for me as well, and maybe for you as well, Josh, it gave us kind of the background knowledge and kind of a basis to start talking about these things on. Because for both of them, as you said, we were able to kind of learn about the history and the evolution and the development of these um, applications from people initially using paper-based forms to do their work um, and realizing 
realizing that that was kind of a less efficient and more time consuming way to do things. And then over time, these apps being developed. So I think for me, like listening and talking with, with Marika and Jeff was just a huge learning opportunity in terms of his history. And absolutely the same for me. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning too, that you and I are, are relatively new to our careers yeah. and, and at Esri. And even so, when we started using, you know, Esri products, GIS software in school, we were well into the mobile app, you know, Definitely. space of, of things. <laughs> and we, we didn't, you know, have to, to go out or at least, you know, when I was doing different GIS activities, we were already using apps on a mobile device. So I think to kind of hear about really the past, just over the past decade until the iPhone was announced, but then much more than that, just how these workflows were used with paper forms. It's really important, I think, to understand where we've been um, in relation to where we're at, because Marika also pointed out something where, you know, the goal has not really changed. The goal yeah. has always been to collect data, share that data, make informed decisions based on it. But the way in which we do it has, has become much more efficient, much more streamlined. Um, so I agree with you. I think learning about that history from Jeff and Marika was really helpful. I, when I was in college, we definitely used paper-based forms to do our field collection and our field data work. So for me, even just coming to Esri and working here and also through this podcast, this has also been a reflection for me and how, um, looking back, how we could have used like that technology to help us in our workflow um, as well. Geology, Let's right? Demaya? Yeah, geology. Really quick? Yes, okay, exactly. cool. Yeah, <laughs> be proud of your background. I love that you, yes. we have someone from geology on yes. here. Thank you. But Marika, Marika said something else that really resonated with me in our conversation with her. And she said that kind of the world is your oyster with kind of these mobile applications. You can kind of bend them to your will and to your workflow. And I think that's definitely true. And we've definitely seen that over the course of this podcast um, and talking to people who do very different things, but who are all using the same type technology, essentially, but they're kind of just bending it to their will. Like you saw it with Scott um, Samble, who's doing environmental conservation work. And then there's Elvis, who is doing, you know, viticulture work, sort of different things, but the same technology in the same base as well. So that's been really cool to see. And talk about bending it to your will. I was re-listening to some of our episodes and we were talking to Scott Samble of Ethos Environmental and he has his trusty dog, Millie, yes. who is kind of a, a living data set. They have mm -hmm. a, I believe it was an Apple Watch, a smart device of some sort um, attached to Millie's collar. And Millie has its own, her own schema where mm -hmm. she is collecting data. She sniffs something, so cool. that data, right? So like bending yeah. it to your will in like the most amazing and, and ways that I never would have thought of. Yeah, definitely. I think that just goes to show also the importance of like listening to your your users and seeing what they're doing so that you can then make your app more easily personalized for other people um, and for them to that kind of incorporate it into their workflow as well. Definitely. That's what Scott Ottman really focused on with the solutions, right? Like you might build a solution for one uh, customer or, or one use case, but the more back and forth you have between that customer and the people yeah. who are building the app, the better that is as a template that can be used, you know, across multiple industries across multiple companies. Um, and that's the goal of it, right? It, as Elvis talked about was to be able to share these resources, share these solutions, this data, because if we share kind of the tools that we're using um, to make our own communities better, then yeah. we just expand that level of influence. Exactly. Yeah, and speaking of that, one thing 
that Scott Ottman talked about kind of in relation to sharing things. One thing that I found really cool and had no idea that Solutions Team does is that they kind of incorporate volunteering into their workflow. He mentioned that they work on programs that kind of enlist volunteers um, to be sensors, to maintain you know, assets in the field, um, to direct field workflows, and they use them to kind of help them better build better solutions. I think that's an amazing way of kind of incorporating people into um, this work because um, you're building technology for people to use. So you want to understand how they're using it and how to make it better. Absolutely. And the easier and more simple to use the technology is, the more people that can use it, the more data and the better data you have. Because the goal is, right, somebody should be able to use their phone. And if they have zero GIS experience, they should just be able to go out and record their observations and make that contribution. So a good example of that, that uh, the solutions team has is, and uh, a pretty kind of standard example is the citizen problem reporting solution. Pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's the title of it, where you can use your app to say you see a pothole in a community or some damage or something. You just take your phone out, record it, that gets, you know, shot up into the cloud. Uh, onto a map somewhere, maybe on a dashboard with community leaders, and then they can go in and and help solve that. And Demaya, you and I were talking just the other day, you mentioned that this creates kind of like a a positive feedback loop, right? And I think we see that a lot with, with citizen reporting, because if you report something using an app that's pretty easy to use, community leaders see that, they make that change. It just empowers you to continue using that service and that app. Definitely. And I think like Scott said in that episode, ArcGIS is a participatory sport. The more feedback that users give, the more they speak up, the better the solution will be. And in turn, that helps, um, again, users better um, help serve and solve problems in their own community. And it helps other people figure out how they can also use those solutions and that technology. It may be a completely different way, but in a way that still helps in their local environment as well. I think that also that drives home, again, the idea that everyone is a mobile worker. Everyone has this technology and everyone, if they're given the right tools in terms of solutions, can use that um, and do their own kind of mobile work. Definitely. And speaking of just like kind of groups that can go out um, with this technology, I know Jeff Shainer recently shared uh, with us and our team at Field Apps how field maps um, the location tracking capability and data collection tools are actually used to for a successful search and rescue mission, um, which was really awesome. So being able to use location tracking um, to see where were people and the, and then the group who was searching the areas that they covered, so they weren't you know accidentally going back on tracks they've already had, and being able to collect data if they've seen clues. Or, or something. And then all of that gets put on a dashboard where you can really see kind of the story coming together. Um, and like I said, it, it was a successful mm-hmm. search and rescue mission, like the person who they were looking for was found. So I mean, these things can really be uh, very helpful, not only as um, just everyday reporting, but also as a response. We talked another big theme of I think the past few episodes was GIS as a response mm-hmm. as a reaction yeah. to things. I feel like when you when you list up the examples of things like field maps being used in a search and rescue, I know when we also talk with Jeff, we talk about Python wrangling. We're kind of seeing the wide range in which GIS can be used in these different things. Um, in terms of GIS as a reaction, we saw in our episode with Elvis um, how GIS was being used in the viticulture field as a reaction towards climate change. Um, so I think it's really amazing, again, to see the di- kind of the diversity of applications for things, for ways in which GIS can be used to react towards certain events or certain things that are happening in the world. Absolutely. I think that's what really drew me towards uh, geography and GIS in the first mm. place, too. It really 
it 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 touches kind of every single industry yeah. and that way it, it has a very large reach um which is really cool and i think one really good place if you just want to kind of like see how gis is used in, in various ways we've talked about before that the solutions website just kind of going yes. through all of these solutions um so much there they are constantly releasing um are really cool and they're very relevant mm-hmm. to to problems that we've seen even just like within the past few years I think one thing that I'm interested to see more, and I, I know it's out there, is kind of GIS being used in the realm of citizen engagement. I think we kind of t- touched on this a little about with like community uh, programs, community science, community engagement programs. But I think there's a lot of space for GIS to be used in that realm for information sharing and for things like that. I know in our episode with Scott Sample, he talked about when he first started out in environmental conservation, he didn't really know what to do. He knew there was a problem and there's a large problem with climate related things, but he didn't know where to start. And I think oftentimes you recognize an issue, um, but you don't know what to do to start making a difference with that issue. Um, I think with mobile GIS, it kind of makes it easier to kind of get involved with things um, and for people to use GIS to start kind of coming up with their own little solutions to problems that they recognize. Um, And I think for Scott, we saw that with his organization, GIS and Conservation, um, which he started to kind of help people understand how to use GIS in their own conservation organizations. But again, I think the fact that we have easy access to these technologies um, makes it easier, I, I hope, for the future where people can learn how to use GIS to help um, solve issues that they that they recognize. Absolutely. I'm glad you bring that up because we really do talk about that a lot where there are things going on in the world, be that climate change, be that obviously the looming COVID-19 pandemic yeah. that's been really at the forefront of everyone's minds. And oftentimes we want to know how can I contribute mm-hmm. to this? What, what can I be doing? Um, and I think mobile GIS citizen engagement is a way to channel that and be able to just say what you're seeing. Um, You know, we see this too. Um, Marika talked about how the the census uh, in Australia uses survey one, two, three to collect all of these points to make sure we have a very accurate representation in our data for whenever the census is collected. So there's that example. I think we've seen that with contact tracing and COVID-19 reports of, of our spaces safe right now? Are they following guidelines? Is this a place where people can go? Are there outbreaks here? A lot of that is covered, you know, on the ground, which is kind of the whole theme of this, right? Like this is information that you really can't know 100% unless you're the person seeing it firsthand. Exactly. And I think when you think about things like the COVID dashboard, there's no way that you could compile all that information without people on the ground putting it in. And I think it really just shows the importance of, again, data sharing, but for giving people access to these technologies and also showing them how to use it. Because I feel like we all benefit in the end. Absolutely. And that was, we said it before, but that was Elvis's main point. And what do we benefit the most from if not sharing data about climate change, right? Like that's not something like climate change does not pick... uh, (laughs) play favorites right so yeah and I remember from like UC this year one major theme was sustainability and how GIS allows us to kind of all act together and you need that because we are a global world especially now especially digitally so having an environment and having technology where we can easily share things it's extremely important no I agree it will be very interesting to see how that continues and I think like you were saying I I think it's only going to trend upwards in the amount that that people can access and the amount that local governments start to take advantage of this technology 
um, and and kind of rope in those eager citizens to yep. to to help improve communities. Mm-hmm. So, Demai, here's something that could kind of be fun in the spirit of it almost being 2022. What is something that you learned or worked on uh, related to field operations in 2021 that you would say uh, really stood out to you? I think one thing that I've worked on that I wouldn't say stood out to me that I'm just happy about in general and I hope to do more with um, is that I created a discovery path that was meant to show how you can use field maps um, to collect geological field data. And again, I think I mentioned this before, but that was really important for me because in my own geology coursework in college, we didn't really use any um, technology out in the field. We used paper-based maps, paper-based forms, which is really great to kind of have that foundation. But I also feel like there is kind of a a gap in terms of um, academia and and in using more up-to-date technology Mm. um, to kind of help in workflows. And I, I think within the science field, there's, I think there's so much room for using these, these, this technology, but I think again, it's, there just needs to be like a framework or tools or like lessons to like, for people to understand how. So for me, that was a really great, great way to kind of start off that work. And I really, really hope to do more things like that um, within both geology, but also incorporating other kind of fields into it, like environmental conservation um, and things like that. So very happy about that. That's kind of a, uh hinting a little bit at some things we kind of want to do on the podcast uh, next season if things shape out really incorporating some of those, yeah, those academic scientific uh, disciplines. Uh, I should also add that I've gone through Demaya's geological data collection path and it's awesome and everyone should check it out. Uh, You can find it uh, and the Learn Gallery, ArcGIS yep. Learn, we'll link to it in the show notes, probably. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. That way you can access it, but you should definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it definitely hints at some, again, some things that we want to do next year. Because I think, again, there's so much room for it. And I feel like a lot of voices out there who want to share. So be cool. Um, but what about you, Josh? Anything that you were really excited to learn about this year or happy to work on? Yeah, one thing that I've really enjoyed working on since I started at Esri was uh, automation and how you can automate some of these field workflows. So I don't, prior to this job, I really haven't had much experience um, with automation, um, but I've been fortunate enough to learn a lot of that uh, with the field maps team, which has been really great. And this year in particular, I helped work on some resources for our new Integromat app for field maps. So Integromat is a way that you can connect an app and a webhook to other services. Uh, But one of the really cool things about it is with the new Field Maps app, you can set it up to where if a feature is collected, updated, or deleted in the Field Maps mobile app, someone is automatically sent an email or a Slack message or a message on Teams saying like, hey, this feature was updated, this data was collected, um, which is pretty cool. And it's something that we talk about in some of our episodes is this kind of immediate knowledge of what's going on in the field. And this just takes that a step further by automating that. Um, in addition to that, you can even use uh, Integromat and automation to generate an assignment in ArcGIS Workforce, uh, which is another app we offer. So if, say, a hydrant is, in, or is added in field maps, that can generate an inspection assignment in Workforce. So I really just kind of enjoyed learning how workflows can be automated um, and if you're someone who is interested in that, we have some resources we can link to as well in the show notes that uh, are really awesome. And again, as somebody who hasn't used 
or who hasn't really been familiar that much with automation, Integromat is a really uh, user-friendly platform, even if you're just beginning. So yeah. I've really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, and Josh has a really great blog post that kind of outlines how to do that workflow. So check that out as well. I've followed it to kind of learn myself how to use Integromat and it was great. So And then Demaya created an even better video. So <laughs> we're just cross This has turned into just us gassing each other up. Like honestly. <laughs> Sometimes you need that. Especially this time of the year, the world's crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I agree. I think I also had no idea what Integromat was or what um, webhooks were before um, reading your blog post um, and also learning more about it through this job. But again, I think it's a great way to kind of make your workflow, your field process is even more efficient. Um, it reminds me of our, in our episode with Scott Sample, him talking about how before he integrated ArcGIS into his work, they were using paper-based forms and it was really time consuming, really kind of annoying to work with. So I think, again, so it just shows how technology and how ArcGIS can be used kind of to improve your, your field workflows. Definitely. Just when you think you can't make it any more efficient, it there's, always something, there's always yeah. something out there. <laughs> just keeps improving. So I think maybe, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things, uh, you know, but I think that's really kind of just uh, par for the course for this podcast is we've just covered a ton of different things. We've talked to some really incredible guests who we are very thankful agreed to be on a pilot podcast uh, (laughs) where we're just kind of learning too. Um, They have a lot of faith in us, I think. And that's great to, to feel when you look back on it it's like wow they were really trusting us absolutely (laughs) absolutely um uh when in the back of our our heads we're just like well hopefully this all goes well well. (laughs) but we made it we're here now exactly um and but to tie it all back again to kind of that theme we we introduced at the beginning of this episode of everyone is a mobile worker is there is a ton of stuff that can be done with mobile gis with esri field apps the reach is just ridiculous. Um, and it's only going to be something that grows into the future. And it's something that we could talk about uh, for days, honestly, um, and something we're really looking forward to continue talking yeah. about in season two is not only the different ways and or sorry, the different technology that, you know, we're creating from the Esri side of things, but how users, how you, the listeners are, are out there using it because you're the people that make these apps great. Um, and how we can make these tools more accessible. So anybody with that mobile device, that 84% of at least Americans out <laughs> there can p- pick that up and make those contributions with, with GIS. Yeah, yeah, we really wanted to use this podcast as a platform to both share user stories, but also kind of show the wide applicability of field operations and GIS. Because when you think about it, I think apps put GIS in the hands of people. Um, and I feel like this podcast is kind of a reflection of um, giving people the power over their own story to talk about their own the things that they're working on from their own mouth and kind of giving the power back to the users to do that in a really special way. So I'm really proud of, of what we've done so far. Um, it's been great talking with everyone that we talked to over the podcast. We thank them so much for giving us a shot and being willing to come on. Snaps um, for the guests. Yeah, snaps <laughs> for the guests. Um, and we hope to continue doing this um, even better next season. Um, again, we have so many great things planned. Hopefully some live things going on, but we'll see. But yeah, we're, we're very excited. Um, and again, I want to thank our listeners for sticking with us um, yes. and being willing to you know, go along on the ride with us as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And for us to continue to make this podcast better, to continue to talk about things that people want to listen to, but you want to listen to, we have, as I mentioned, at the beginning of this episode created 
a survey that we will attach to the show notes. We will embed in the blog post that goes out to announce this episode um, where you can just kind of let us know what you thought of season one. If there are topics you want to for us to talk about in season two, you can list those out. And if you've been listening and are thinking, man, I could talk about some stuff on the yes. Field Notes podcast <laughs> with Josh and Amaya. If you want to come join us, please let us please know. Join us. There's a section where you can talk about, hey, who are you and what do you want to talk about? I think yeah. we'd be more than happy to 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 have you. Well, with that, Demaya, I guess we are signing off of season one of Field Notes. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Yeah, have a good rest of the year, everyone, and a happy new year. And we will see you in 2022. Thank you for listening to the Field Notes podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Field Notes on your favorite podcast app and join us on the next episode.